a message called I Choose Hope Part 2. Now I want you to pay particular attention to the text because the beginning scripture and the end scriptures are all going to connect together. How many of you are believing with me today? So let's look at Romans 15 and verse 13. It says, May the God of hope, and this is my prayer for you and my prayer for myself as well. May the God of hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing and bubbling over with hope. May there be an abundance, an abounding in a joyous and a confident expectation of something desirable based on His Word and based on His plan for our lives. Amen? Amen. Now, anybody in the auditorium today can choose to be hopeful. So why not you? Why not change your mindset? Why not be a hopeful person rather than a despondent person? It is our choice every day of our lives to be hopeful or to be a person that just sees so many problems all the time. Say with me, I choose hope. Now last Sunday we talked about this scripture where the psalmist said, I would have lost heart or I would have lost hope unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, I love the voice translation of that. We weren't able to pull it up last week, but we have a slide on that. Notice uh, this from the uh, voice translation, Psalm 27 and verse 13. Look at this. I will move past my enemies with this one sure hope. Amen. There are some enemies that we must move past. Amen? And one way we do it is with a sure, joyful, confident expectation. So I, would, I, would have, uh, I will move past my enemies with this one sure hope that with my own eyes I will see the goodness of the eternal in the land of the living. That's where we are right now. We are in the land of the living. And so this speaks to us today of expectation. Expecting to see good things in our life. Expecting to see good things in our nation. Expecting to see revival here in the Bay Area. Expecting to see good things in your family. Expecting to see good things in your finances expecting to see good things even in your mind and in your body. Now, one of the questions that a lot of leaders get is this. What is the single most important thing you do as a leader? Well, I know what the answer is. I make sure that I stay encouraged. You don't want Pastor Mark to come and preach to you burnt out. You do not want a discouraged pastor to come up here and say, This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. No. Amen. You don't want Pastor Brenda to come to the microphone 
Instead of talking about, put a smile on your face. Oh, it's been a tough week. It's been so bad. And I know y'all just barely made it today. No, that's not the kind of mindset that we want to adopt. We want to live on the happy side of life. We want to live on Glory Avenue. Amen. Not on Grumble Alley. Amen. Anyway. Now, we all are going to be tempted to be discouraged. We're not talking about that. Every one of us are going to be tempted to be disappointed, right? Despondent. We face hopeless situations. Let's be honest about it. We know what Proverbs says. Proverbs says that hope deferred or hope that is delayed, it makes the heart to stoop or it makes the heart sick. Now, in the message translation of Proverbs uh, 13 and 22, look at this verse. Man, this will make you happy. It says, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. But look at this. But a sudden good break. Or we could say it this way, but a sudden breakthrough. You know, we serve the God of the breakthrough. A sudden good break, what can it do? It can turn your life woo, around. Paul in prison said, I know that this thing's going to turn around according to my earnest expectation. So when disappointment knocks at your door, don't answer it. The voice translation of that particular verse says this, hope that is postponed grieves the heart, but when a dream comes true, when a vision comes true, life is full and life is sweet. Now, we don't get hope from the world. Because if we put our hope in the world, hope quickly runs out. But what we do do is we put our hope in the Word. The psalmist said this, You're my hiding place and you're my shield. I hope in your Word. Paul, writing to the church at Rome, said this, That through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, we have hope. Amen. You know, when you get in the Word of God, you're going to get faith, but you're also going to get hope. When you spend time in the presence of the God of hope, He's going to breathe hope into your very being. Amen. No matter how the enemy come against you, no matter what may be taking place, if he can't take your hope, he cannot defeat you. As long as you have hope, my friend, you have possibilities. And when we're talking about hope, we're not talking about wishful thinking. We're not, oh, you know, I wish I'd win the lottery. Or, you know, I wish, you know, whatever would happen. I, I wish that the, uh, that the Oakland A's would win the World Series. Those are good wishes. But we don't have anything in the Word concerning the Oakland A's winning the World Series. Amen. But we do have in the Word, by His stripes I'm healed. We do have in the Word that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We do find in the Word of God that greater is He that's in us than he that's in the world. So as long as you've got hope, guys, you've got possibilities. Don't lose your hope. All things, they are possible with God. And all things are possible To him that believeth. 
So in the name of Jesus, refuse to be discouraged. Refuse to allow your heart and your mind to get upset. But rather, let's expect God to act. Let's expect God to turn some things around up in here. Now, David faced some real hopeless situations. But I want you to notice a verse here, how David dealt with a hopeless situation. This is so good. This is a life principle for you all to remember. Look with me at Psalm 42, and we'll look at verses 5 and verse 6, and we'll notice this in the message translation. Man, God is so good to you guys. Whoo, the future is bright. Just don't be discouraged. Just continue to walk in the light. Walk in the light of God's word. Walk in the light of your redemption. Amen. Amen. Now notice this in the uh, message. It says, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix your eyes on God. So he's making an adjustment here. And he said, when I do that, I will soon be praising again. Amen. I will soon be praising again. He puts a big smile on my face. Let's practice that one more time. Smile. Smile. Amen. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. Now, when my soul gets in the dumps, here's what I do. I rehearse everything I know of you. I rehearse everything I know of you. That is choosing hope. I look the word up rehearse, and the word rehearse means to say again. It means to repeat, and it means to hold fast. I want you to get this word picture. When my soul is in the dumps, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rehearse everything I know of you. Now, first of all, it's important to know the word and to know him and then to rehearse. I've been doing this for over 40 years of my life. I rehearse everything I know about him. Now, here's the fact of the matter. What is it that we know? Number one, we know that our Redeemer liveth. Number two, we know that our Redeemer redeemed us from the curse of the law. We know that we have right standing with the Creator of the universe. You cannot rehearse truths like that and stay down in the dumps. As a matter of fact, you rehearse truths like that, it'll keep you from getting down in the dumps. Here's what we know. Once we were lost, but now we're found. Once we were sinners, lost in our sin, lost in our darkness. But here's what we know, and here's what we are rehearsing today. I am a new creation. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Amen. 
If you want to reverse some things, you better start rehearsing some things. Amen? Amen. Stop rehearsing the bad and start rehearsing the good. Stop acknowledging the bad and start acknowledging, come on, the good things which are in you that are in Christ Jesus. Own up to it. Confess. Testify. Proclaim. Rehearse what your God has done for you. Rehearse the fact that you are the redeemed. Rehearse the fact that you are an heir of God. Say with me, I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Now what this will do, ladies and gentlemen, it'll keep us, keep our lives from going south. Amen? It'll keep us from going down in the dumps and it will enable us to stay up. Amen? Where we belong. Amen? Now look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Notice this. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the 23rd verse. He said, so let us seize, notice these words, and hold fast and retain. Seize, hold fast, retain. Without wavering, the hope which we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement or our rehearsing or our confession of it. Why? For he who promised is reliable he is sure and not only that but he's faithful to his word you get on the word you stay in the word you believe the word you speak the word you act on the word of God and he's faithful and reliable to watch over it to perform it in your life but it doesn't come accidentally it comes to those who will retain it comes to those that will rehearse It comes to those that will hold fast. You know, this reminds me of a great verse of Scripture that I want us to look at in just a moment. But there was a time where the children of Israel were in captivity. And they were not able to enjoy the benefits and the great glorious things about being in the stronghold, about being in the temple. And just they were outside and they were on the outside looking in. And God invited them to return. Amen. God invited them to return. And notice in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 12. He says now to them, and there's a truth in here for you and I. Amen. If you've gotten away from the Lord, return. If you've gotten away from the word, return. If you've gotten away from church, well, you're here. Stay here. Amen. Glory to God. So in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 12, he said, Now turn, return to the strongholds. Turn ye to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Interesting. You prisoners of hope. And even today do I declare, this is the Lord speaking, that I will render, come on, double unto thee. Now, let me unpack this with you just for a moment or two. Notice the phrase, prisoners of hope. Everyone say, prisoners Prisoners. of hope. Now, this is an expression that's used to describe those who have waited a long, long time for a prayer to be answered. 
Those that have waited a long, long time for a son or a daughter to return home. Those that have waited a long, long time for that breakthrough to come. And God says, I want you to return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. And as you do, you are going to see not a single blessing, but you are going to see the double come into your life. Now, the word prisoners there in this translation in the Hebrew means this. Everyone say to tie down, to hold down, to bind in order, to keep in one place. God does not want us to let our hopes go. God wants us to tie down, to hold in place that hope that we have in our heart and hold on to it and retain it and never let it out and never let it slip. That, my brothers and sisters, is holding fast. We could say this, that hope is the prisoner. Say with me, I'm locking hope in my heart. And I refuse to let go of my hopes, to let go of my dreams, to let go of my vision. Now, you've all heard of Joyce Meyer, one of the greatest preachers in the land. Think about it, 75 years old, and God is still using her to pack out auditoriums by the thousands. She's an amazing woman of God. And she said this of this prisoner of hope. And I quote, Over the years, I've learned how to lock myself up in a prison of hope. See, when you lock yourself up in a prison of hope, the enemy's on the outside and he can't get in. You just sit in that prison of hope and you go, Nah, 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 you can't touch me despondency you can't get in because I'm a prisoner of hope I've learned to lock lock yourself up in the word I've learned to lock myself up in a prison of hope knowing that God has nothing but his best planned for me he promised me things concerning my ministry and my life And hope is what's helping me hold on to it today and help me to hold on to it early in my life in ministry. How many of you got some dreams? You got some visions? I declare that you are prisoners of hope. And our hopes are coming to pass. Years ago, a great man of God, he traveled across the land and his name was Dick Mills. Perhaps you're familiar with this ministry. I don't know that he's still alive, but he would go into various venues, full gospel businessmen or women's aglow or a church service. And God just used him interestingly. He'd look at a person that all of a sudden a scripture would come to him and he'd have that person stand up or point that person out and say, this is what the Lord is saying to you. And it always would be a scripture, a scripture that would encourage And that would help that person. How many of you know we receive great help and hope from the scriptures? And the anointing was there. God was using him mightily. Well, he boarded a jet one day and there was an airline stewardess there. 
and walked up to Brother Dick and said, Dick, do you remember me? He said, I'm sorry, I don't. She said, eight years ago, in such and such a service, you gave me a scripture about my husband. At the time, he wasn't saved. At the time, he wasn't serving God. He was outside. I mean, he was way out there. But when you gave me that scripture, hope came into my heart. And she said, I tied that hope down into my spirit and I held fast to it. Eight years later, she said, here's what's happened, Dick. Number one, he got saved. But not only did he get saved, he enlisted into a Bible school to become a minister of the gospel. And she says, here it is, years later. I got the double! I not only got my husband saved, but I'm going to become a wife of a future minister of the gospel. Praise the Lord. You see, things may not happen overnight. Things may not happen when we want them to happen. But my brothers and sisters, it is worth fighting the good fight of faith. It is worth holding fast to the confession of your faith. It is worth you maintaining a joyful, now everyone say joyful, and a confident expectation of God's will coming to pass in my life. Keep your hope alive. You see, what hope will do is hope will serve like an anchor to your soul, like, hope, like an anchor serves on your boat to keep it from moving, to keep it from swaying, and to keep it from drifting. See, the enemy wants your soul to drift. He wants you to give up. He wants you to give in by what you see and by what you feel. But I hear the Lord saying today that this hope will be an anchor to your soul. It'll keep you steady. It'll keep you stable. It'll keep you from drifting. And not only that, it'll keep you on course. Say it with me. It's keeping me on course. And the verse we have for that is Hebrews 6, verse 19. And I do want us to look at it and read this together and confess it because we do believe it. Ready? Read. Now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip, it cannot break down under whoever steps out upon it. A hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. Woo! Glory! Not only is your hope an anchor, but your hope enters into the very presence of God before the eyes of whom we have to do. And the God of hope looks and says, there's my son, there's my daughter. Oh, hallelujah, doubles on the way. Just keep holding fast, keep rejoicing, keep being patient in tribulation. And you will see great and glorious things in your life. Do you believe it? Raise your hand and say, I believe it. And I receive it today. So choosing hope over discouragement will anchor your soul. It'll keep you from flinging away your confidence. It's like what Hebrews said in Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. He said, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence. For it carries a great 
and glorious compensation of what? For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Hallelujah. Now listen, folks. The first thing we need is the foundation of God's Word. Look on the ground and say, God's Word is my solid foundation. You've got to have the Word. If you don't have a foundation, you don't have anything you can expect. But if you have a solid foundation of God's Word, then you can expect God's Word to do what it said it would do. And that's where you see in Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the first verse. Let's look there real quickly. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Somebody shout, Amen. Amen. I like what Brother Copeland does when he comes out. First thing he says, Shout, Amen. Somebody. Hopefully that didn't make you nervous. Amen. I've never seen an 81-year-old sing like he sings. And hold his notes. Whoo. A lot of people at 81 are just trying to hold their bladder. (laughs) I didn't say that, did I? Scratch that off the tape. Anyway, that had nothing to do with the service. (laughs) Hebrews 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is. Or now the word of God is. You cannot separate the word from faith and faith from the word. They're synonymous. It's like trying to separate the wet from the water. What's wet and what's water? Well, they're both one. So the Word of God then is the substance, or another way to say it is God's Word is our sure foundation. It's our sure foundation. All other ground is sinking sand. Now the Word of God, it is the substance or the foundation of things what? And we define hope as a joyful, confident expectation. So we could read Hebrews 11, 1 like this. Now the word of God is my sure foundation of those things which I now confidently and favorably expect to happen. Amen? Oh, that's good. That's beyond wishing. That's the God of hope. That's the God of expectation. Oh, Jesus. So what this means is this. When I find a scripture that says, by his stripes, I am healed, I can stand on that. But not only can I stand on that sure foundation, now I can expect my body to line up. I can expect now my body to enjoy the manifestation of what I'm standing on. Oh, come on, somebody. When I find me a scripture... Like there is in the book of Acts, which says, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, 
And not only shall I be saved, but my whole household shall be saved. You know what you're standing on? You're standing on a firm foundation of household salvation. And now, you cheerfully and confidently expect your loved ones to come into the kingdom of God. In other words, you're looking for them to come. You're believing for them to come. Amen? The laborers are out working. And what you do between the amen and the here it is, is you do some rejoicing. You do some thanking. You do some praising. Well, I'll praise it when it happens. No, you're missing God. Faith praises now. Hallelujah. Well, I'm feeling it in here today. Now listen very carefully. The Word is your foundation. If the Word says that my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus, that is your foundation that you can stand on. And then you have the right to expect your need to be met. Listen, folks, no matter how it may come, you just know that the God of hope is working on your case and it's coming in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. You don't know how, but you know who. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm expecting the greatest move of God that this earth has ever seen. Because I have a firm foundation of several scriptures that he said in his word that the whole earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. I may not see it. I may not feel it. It may not look like it. But thus saith the Lord, it shall be even as it was told us. So I told Brenda last night, I said, honey, I said, tomorrow morning, the revival begins. We were at a funeral all day yesterday, drove all day, honored Brother Donnie Moore all day long. What a great man of God. What a testament to the grace of God and the goodness of God. But you know, you're gone all day on Saturday and you're preaching all day on Sunday, your body might get a little tired. But I told Brenda, I got into my office last night, I just started stirring myself up. You do not want to listen to a pastor that hasn't been stirring himself up. You do not want to listen to a pastor that does not encourage himself in the Lord. I'll just guarantee you, you don't. You do not want me to walk in here on a Sunday morning like this. Oh, Jesus. I don't know what we're going to do. People got to park out back. Some of them may not come to church. Pastor Tom, get in to praise God if you can. And then Pastor Tom, come up here. Bags under his eyes. Well, let's just all praise the Lord. Let everything that had breath. Oh, praise the Lord. (laughs) You don't want to go to a church like that. You want to go to a church where the pastor 
the people and everyone that walks through these doors has been encouraging themselves and the Lord all week long, been stirring themselves up, bringing their supply into the house of God. You want to go to a church where there's a spirit of faith, a spirit of revival, a spirit of love. Not, well, let's give now. After all, the Bible says he loves a tearful giver. I've been tithing for 40 years and I just got my first pair of new shoes. (laughs) You don't want that. You do not want that. You want a spirit of faith. You want a spirit of victory. You want Jesus to be magnified. You want Jesus to be glorified. And Jesus is the Lord of joy. He has anointed him with joy above all of his fellows. Woo! Everyone just go, woo! (laughs) Yeah! So now the word of God is... Your solid foundation. It's the substance of what we hope for. So maintain then a high, high state of expectancy. Now listen what the Bible says in Romans 12, 12. It says this, that we are to rejoice in hope. Faith is your foundation, hope is your expectation, and rejoicing brings manifestation. I'll say it again. Hope is your foundation, faith is your foundation, hope is your expectation, and rejoicing brings manifestation. They're all connected together. If you believe you've received and you're expecting, get that scowl off your face. Put a smile on your face. Now notice, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. So here's the question then, Pastor Mark, how do I rejoice in hope? Well, think about this. You could dance in hope. You could praise God in hope. You could shout unto God in triumph in hope. You could give thanks to God in hope. You could find a place in your home where you can just get beside yourself and dance and shout and praise and give thanks to God. You can do some rejoicing. You can do this. I saw outside of Oracle Arena on Friday night, the Warriors were in Cleveland. Get it? They were in Cleveland. They weren't even at Oracle. But there were 19,000 fans inside of Oracle. And when they pulverized the Cavs, they danced through the night in Oakland. I mean, I saw them going like this. 
I said, look at Brenda. I said, look at, they're jumping up and down. They're dancing. Rejoicing over an NBA championship. If they can rejoice over an NBA championship, we can rejoice in the God of hope. We can rejoice in the God who raised Jesus from the dead. We can rejoice in the Lord our God. Hallelujah. I mean, there were some serious moves out there. I was ready to get my living room and start doing the funky chicken or the Motown. I don't know what. But it's okay to be happy about an NBA championship. It's okay to win the Super Bowl and get beside yourself. But it's not okay to sit in church like... I wonder when he's going to get done. Y'all get the point. None of you are like that today. We got something to be happy about. We're not going to hell. Try that one on for a side. You ain't going to hell. Some of us should have been there decades and decades ago. But the goodness of God raised us out of death into life. And we're on our way to heaven. Whoa. Woo. Amen. Somebody do this. Woo. We got the foundation. We got the expectation. And now it's time to do some rejoicing. The only way that you and I can be patient and rejoice in hope in the midst of problems is by doing some serious rejoicing. The book of Romans says we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I'm hoping for the glory to hit this Bay Area like it's never hit before. But I'm not going to stand up here and tell you how bad it is, how dry it is, how dead it is, how woe is us in the Bay Area. I prophesy wetness. I prophesy rain. I prophesy goodness. I prophesy glory. Ouch. I prophesy revival. Amen. Now, let's look in closing at, at uh, Acts chapter 27. This is a tremendous example of expectation and joy going together. I want you to see them as being together, co-partners. The God of hope fill you with all joy in peace and believing that you may abound over with hope. Paul is on his way to Rome. He warned the captain of the ship not to let loose and not to sail. But the captain of the ship ignored Paul's perception because the south wind was blowing softly. And as a result of the south wind blowing softly, he took it as a sign to go anyway. And so he let loose from Crete. Well, all of a sudden, there came a huge storm by the name of Eurekledon. I mean, that tells you something right there. Anything with the word wreck in there ain't good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a storm. It's a storm with some bad intentions. Okay? The enemy would have loved to keep Paul from going to Rome. 
But Paul was a covenant man. He was a man of destiny. And I want you to pick it up in verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay hold on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. All hope was taken away. Some of you may be there today. Some of you may be there this morning. But notice with me in verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. We must stand forth in the midst of hopelessness. Paul stood up. He didn't lie down. And he said, sirs, you should have listened to me. You should have not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and this loss. But now I exhort you to be of what? Being of good cheer is being joyful. I exhort you to be of good cheer. I exhort you to be joyful. Come on. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but the ship will be destroyed. That's good news. They lose the ship, but their life is still intact. Come on, somebody. Now notice, he said, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. And this angel gave me a word. So now I have a firm foundation to stand on. And this is what the angel said. The angel said, fear not, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given you all them that sail with thee. In other words, no one's going to die. You're going to make it over to Rome, Paul. And I want you all to be of good cheer. I want you to cheer up. It's been dark, but now joy coming in the morning. Woo! Paul then had a firm foundation of a word from heaven. And so therefore, he went into a solid expectation of everyone's lives to be saved. Now notice with me. He said in the next verse, Wherefore, sirs, here he says it again, be a good cheer. Be a good cheer. Why, Paul? For I believe God. I've heard from God. How many of you have heard from God? How many of you are standing on a firm foundation? Even though your reclodon has come against you, you are still alive. You are still afloat. Hallelujah. You're going to make it to Rome. Paul said, wherefore, sirs, cheer up. For I believe God. And then hope kicked in and he said, For I believe that it shall be even as it was told me. In other words, it's going to come to pass. But here's what Paul said. Look, we're standing on the word. Now it's time to do some rejoicing. It's time to cheer up and to be glad. Hallelujah. For it shall be even as it was told me. My brothers and sisters, what has been told you? Where is your hope? Where is your expectation? 
I think we ought to all stand up and do some rejoicing in our hope today. I think we ought to do some rejoicing in the house today. Because we're rejoicing in hope. We're patient in tribulations. Point your finger like this out this way. We all have some sirs that need to hear a word. We all have some sirs. We all have some enemies that we need to move past. Come on, somebody. Say with me, wherefore, sirs? Wherefore, sickness and disease? Wherefore, lack? Wherefore, despondency? I believe God. I believe the Word. And I stand on the Word. And I declare, it shall be. It shall come to pass. Even as it was told me. It's all coming to pass. It's coming to pass at last. What the word has said to me. Now we've done everything but rejoice. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say to you, rejoice. Now we've done a little rejoicing. Let's do a little more before we go home. What do you say? Are you good? And listen, if you've never given your heart to the Lord.